Welcome to Mission in 5, the podcast, where we ask five simple questions to pastors, ministry leaders, church members, and anyone else we can convince into coming on this podcast to learn more about who they are as people and where they see God moving in their community. Well, this is episode number three, and I am your host, Greg Mamula. Today, we're speaking with the Reverend Sean Doherty, pastor of First Baptist Church in Kearney, Nebraska. Sean served as associate pastor to First Baptist Church for a few years before being called as the senior pastor this winter after the retirement of longtime pastor Stan Murdoch. Welcome to the show, Pastor Sean. It's good to be here. You know, when you were at my installment this last Sunday, you, you got to be called what was the greatest reverend of all of them all, and <laughs> all I get is just reverend, so I see how this goes. But Well, we may have to upgrade <sighs> your title in some way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty yeah. funny. Well, um, <laughs> as everybody knows, the format of the show at this point is that we ask five simple questions to pastors and leaders to figure out who they are as people and to see what God is doing in their community. So let's just dive right in then with question number one. Who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself, Pastor Sean. So I'm a um, born Texan. I was born in Dallas, Texas. Um, and then didn't leave the state of Texas in terms of uh, residence until moving up to Nebraska in January 2014. Um, graduated Dallas Theological Seminary and Texas A&M. Um, you know, I do my whoop, but I don't know if your uh, or software can handle um, the sound of a whoop coming out of an Aggie, Greg. You know, you got that Baylor software, I'm sure. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, there's a little bit of sickle bears and, over here. <laughs> and uh, and so. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the youngest of three, um, no, no ministers in my family. Um, uh, we grew up going to a church, uh, going to Methodist church actually, um, in, uh, in Dallas and then in Houston. But, uh, uh, my dad wasn't, he wasn't a Christian until, um, until I was in high school. Um, and, uh, but, but family life was, you know, we were pretty boring in terms of uh, eventfulness uh, in a good way. Um, and uh, met my wife in uh, in Aggieland, and uh, when I went to Dallas, um, you know, got the warnings of, you know, a seminary is the place where you know the Christian heart goes to die, and and all of those things, and it didn't happen. Um, I actually fell more in love with Jesus when I was in seminary, and. And so, uh, so that's kind of just a, a brief overview of some things. But, um, but when we came up here in 2014, as I was an associate pastor, it really was, um, you know, being called to this church. Um, it was a stretching experience, but, uh, but at the same time, there was a sense of comfort um, because of the love that we we knew um, was here, and and. Uh, and so we got two little girls that are just hilarious and funny and um they they just uh make us smile and and uh and things have been have been going pretty well I would say. So that's probably the best overview of uh, I can give of myself pretty briefly. All right, that's great. So question number 2, how did you get here? How did you go from seminary and and growing up in Texas to choosing to be the associate pastor? in Kearney, and then now senior pastor. Yeah, so uh, that really begins my um, my first year at seminary. So uh, when, when I went to seminary, one of the reasons I chose Dallas Theological Seminary um, was because of, ironically, um, the ties to Texas. Um, I thought that's, you know, my 
my idea of where God was calling me looked strangely like the borders of Texas. Um, and, uh, and so I wanted, you know, thought we were just going to stay in Texas. And then I had a mission class my first year, um, in seminary that, um, just changed, I mean, I guess it, it just changed really everything. Um, and, um, it really just opened my eyes to, um, just the gospel being for the world and, and whether or not I'm really willing to be, um, to be a, a person that listens to God's call wherever that may be. And, um, and, uh, Dr. Strauss was my professor, um, in, uh, in missions that semester, that first semester at Dallas. And, and, um, he had served overseas, um, in, uh, Sudan and, um, um, uh, excuse me, Ethiopia, Ethiopia, Addis Ababa. Um, I got my countries wrong. Okay. Um, pretty significant difference there. Yeah. But it was under the communist regime when he was called there. And um, and uh, and so just his story and the story of God taking care of him and his family there, um, you know, just seeing it embodied um, really made a big difference. And then um, my um, third year in seminary, I got to be part of um, World Evangelization Conference, uh, WEC Week at uh, DTS. And I was a part of the council that put it together and, and I actually um, had the opportunity to lead it my, my third year in seminary. Wow. Um, it's a big responsibility. And um, yeah, yeah, it was. And, and really the best part of it is I got to spend um, hours and hours with the uh, missions department, um, the professors there hearing their stories, hearing how God moved through them. Um, and uh, it, it really, um, I don't know. I just, it was one of those things like missions. I had never really known full-time missionary before. And so there was a lot of, um, scariness to it, uh, I guess is the best way to put it. But, um, uh, it really just helped me see, you know, that God takes care of people no matter how, uh, how far away he calls them to be. Um, and, uh, and so, and the, but the man we invited, um, to speak at WEC week that year. So WEC week at Dallas always has a main speaker. And then we bring in, um, uh, missionaries from all over the globe and, uh, they set up booths and it's very much like any other kind of mission conference in that mm-hmm. way. Okay. Um, but we invited, uh, the current president of Denver theological seminary to speak, Dr. Mark Young. Mm. Um, and he, uh, he came in and his basically throughout the week, he talked about, um, that how basically God calls us to be homeless. Um, and, uh, he didn't mean, you know, poverty, homelessness. He, he meant, um, like a, a sense of citizenry homelessness that mm. that we are not citizens of this world's kingdom and and uh, if we're really if we're really willing to listen to God we have to be able to listen to the fact that He might call us to a different home because we don't have a home here and and uh, and my wife and I um, by this time um, I guess I need to back up a little bit my wife um, uh, had served in China for a month in college. She thought she was being called to missions. That's originally why we didn't even date because I thought, well, I'm not being called to missions. And, and if you are, we're going a different direction. And then God kind of changed her heart, brought us together. Um, so she always had this heartbeat of, of being willing to go overseas. And it was me who needed to kind of come around to it. Hmm. And, um, and we began to that, um, as we were preparing for WEC week that year. Um, and then during the the main sessions of WEC week, the plenary sessions of Dr. Young's, um, sermons, um, and talking with, 
missionaries at the conference. We uh, we thought God was going to be calling us actually to southern Spain and to uh, do theological education in southern Spain in the primarily Muslim context of southern Spain, and um, and so we were prepared to to start head in that direction. Um, some things kind of fell through, um, you know. Uh, kind of one of those, I can't get into too many details, but doors became, obviously, we started closing in terms of practical abilities to make decisions to go that direction. Mm-hmm. They fit with the, the agency that we were talking to going about going with didn't um, actually make sense. And mm-hmm. and um, then we found out we were pregnant um, with our oldest daughter. Um, and so this would have been um, August 2013 that found out we were pregnant. Um and knew at least I would change the timeline. And the next week, I um, got a call from Carney uh, First Baptist, and um, that was kind of those two coinciding and uh, kind of bringing those things together. It was, okay, let's at least explore what God might have for us in Nebraska. And, and so the reason I tell that whole backstory of being willing to go to Spain is it was funny how when I started seminary, what I thought, you know, God surely is calling me to somewhere within Texas and that he opened my heart to be willing to go, um, you know, over an ocean. And so when ultimately we were called to Nebraska, it really wasn't that significant of a change because mm-hmm. he had already prepared me to do something that would have been much greater uh, of difficulty in terms of cultural um, shift. And uh, and so, you know, the way God, um, the way I've seen God work and how he prepares us to do certain things is is uh, there's there's always, there's he doesn't leave kind of any... Um, any kind of uh, leftover um, scraps that aren't used, that he's always kind of bringing all of these different pieces of our lives together. And, um, and so, you know, we ended up being willing to come to Kearney First Baptist um, because of um, our, uh, our submission to a greater call that, that actually in the long run it was like, man, this is actually a lesser sacrifice it felt like, um, you know, and, and we get up, caught up in greater versus lesser in probably the wrong ways. But, um, but uh, you know, the ways that, that when, when we are called up here, um, some of the answers to the prayers we've been praying all along made, made even more sense than they did um, being called to, to southern Spain. So, um, so I, I mean, I just, uh, throughout the process, I've just learned that, you know, God has a way of getting um, getting us where he needs us to be, which just doesn't always take that straight kind of direct path the way we expect. Yeah. That's a really good uh, background story and, and great that you guys were called into ministry and, um, you know, that that process of going through missions, I, I have a similar story. My wife had gone to China mm. for a month and um, came mm. back and we thought we were, you know, maybe going to do mission work and that sort of thing. And Obviously, mm-hmm. that didn't work out, and we ended up in Nebraska as well, um, you know, <laughs> 11 years ago, um, from Texas. Um, Nebraska's full of backup missionaries, I guess. Yeah, so I suppose. Kind of... uh, um, but it's been a really good experience for us here, as I'm, I'm, I'm hmm. hoping it's been good for you so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, question number three. any regrets, that's for sure. All right. Well, question number three, what moves you? What, what are some of your passions and hobbies and interests? Uh, what are the things that kind of really get you going? Um, well, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> there's things we can talk about this on multiple levels, you know, whether it's, uh, my wife and I are rewatching parks and rec right now. Um, really enjoy that show Fourth season, uh, is a sweet spot for us. You know, I'm, I'm a lover of, uh, sci-fi fantasy kind of books and, 
um, you know, grew up Star Wars and, and, uh, um, my dad's favorite movie was Alien and Terminator growing up, so I grew up loving those. And mm-hmm. and uh, big lover of Aggie football. I follow lots of recruiting. I would be lying if I if I tried to hide that part of my life because because I do I, en- I enjoy recruiting and that whole process and following it from afar and um, grown to not live and die by it um, <laughs> like I did maybe in high school and college. Sure. But um, it's um, a lesson we could teach some of then, our Nebraska fans. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, they're putting a lot of hope in Scott Frost and, and I hope he works out, you know, but we'll see. Um, you know, we got Jimbo Fisher. I'm pretty excited about that, but, um, you know, the kind of on the flip side, um, when it comes to, um, kind of another part of me, early church history is, is where I love to spend a lot of my theological brain power. Um, and, uh, it's taught me a lot of, of how to listen. Um, you know, it, it, it's taught me a lot of the dialogue between, um, early church pastors and bishops and, and leaders, um, and the, the need to make sure that we understand the words that we're using, um, has been really helpful. And so, um, you know, I, I just, I do enjoy reading things about that time period, seeing intellectual history is, is, um, I was a history major at A&M, so intellectual history is, is definitely where I enjoy um, you know, how have events affected ideas and how have ideas affected events, um, and the interplay between the two. And, um, you know, so, so there's, you know, in terms of things that move me, there's, there's quite a few different things. Um, and, um, I wish I could say at this point, it was things related to physical activity. Kids tend to tend to change that, but, um, yeah. you know, um, so, so yeah, that's, that's just a brief list of some things that I enjoy. That's great. All right, question number four. What's happening at First Baptist Church Kearney that, uh, that the rest of Nebraska needs to know about? Oh, everything. Right. Um, we are doing quite a bit of things. So uh, we'll be moving here soon. So this is kind of an answer to uh, two questions. But we're, we're uh, in a building project right now uh, about the old high school here in town, and we'll be moving into it there. Um, obviously, uh, so I'm in the beginning of my third month in senior pastor ministry. Um, so we're in the process of just really asking uh, good and hard questions about, um, you know, have the things that we've been devoting time and energy to, or those the things that we need to continue to vote, uh, to devote time and energy to, um, evaluating, you know, Lord, what do you have for us next? And, and what are the gifts that we currently have, um, that, uh, have we been doing the activities we've been doing? Are those matching with our current gifts? Are we trying to sustain things that maybe have we been doing for too long and we no longer have the, the, the gifts in the body to continue those things? So some of these questions and, and quite frankly, you know, a lot of them have been answered with, yes, we want to continue doing some of these things. So it's not necessarily a, let's tear it down and re and start over, but just trying to make sure, are we, are we being diligent to, to not just sustain and, maintain ministries simply because we've always done them. And, um, so we're in kind of a, a evaluation period at this time. Um, you know, we all, we have a lot going on. Our, our church is very activity oriented in a lot of ways. We have uh, programs like upwards basketball. Um, we have a diaper depot program, which we provide diapers for people here in, in Kearney that, that have needs, which I think we stole from the Scotts bluff church. Um, and, um, 
um, you know, vibrant men's ministry, vibrant women's ministry, um, uh, church night on Wednesdays. We have a church night meal tonight. I mean, some of those things that we're doing, uh, we've been doing for a long time and, um, and there's been a lot of fruit from them. A jail ministry here is, is unique, um, hmm. compared to anywhere else I've ever been. Um, well, tell me more about that and reaching out. So we, we, uh, we have people here in our congregation that have quite a bit of either jail experience from one side of the bars or the other. <laughs> okay. Um, and, uh, and so God has done a good work in hearts to prepare people to go back into the jail. Um, the Roger and Pat Anderson, Roger used to be a, um, um, uh, oh, the, the term is escaping me, but um, the, like a security guard in the jail. Um, the, the exact word is, I don't know, I can't just think of it right now, but um, he, he used to work at the jail and, and uh, thought for a long time, you know, God, as soon as I get out of this place, I'm never coming back. But um, but then God called him to go back in and, and to share the gospel and minister and uh, and patiently persevere with inmates um, and uh, teaching them scripture, teaching them the way of Christ and that there's a different way um, that is better than the ways that they've chosen to live in their past. And, and uh, there's been a lot of fruit. We've seen lives changed and we've seen former inmates go back um, and become uh, those who disciple other inmates, um, oh. you know, and, and there's a sense in our church that, you know, that this is a safe place that if you're, if you've come out of jail, um, you know, we're not just going to sit there and, and pat you on the back and say, you've never done anything wrong, but we are going to say, Hey man, God loves you. And we'd love to have you here. And uh, of course you've done stuff wrong. We've all done stuff wrong. Sometimes it just takes on a different flavor. And, um, and so, um, and so we've definitely seen, um, we've seen life come and, and that's a hard ministry. Jail ministry is hard because there's a lot of transition and transience through jail ministry. People sure. that you think are getting it, you think they're making sense, you know, the temptations of the world, just they become too much to bear. Um, coping, old coping mechanisms come back into play and, and, uh, and you hope they come back, but you just never know when they're going to come back through the doors. So, um, so, uh, but I, I've, I've seen, um, definitely a lot of good fruit through the jail ministry. Um, and it's been, it's been fun to watch and it's hard, you know, as, as I, um, and involved in it uh, a little bit, not nearly as significantly as, as some of the people who've been doing it for a long time. But as we disciple people who come out of the jail, it's, um, you know, it's kind of, there's a lot to it. Um, yeah. and, uh, so, all right. Um, well, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about what's next. So what's mm-hmm. the next thing for you personally, maybe professionally? What's what's going on at Carney coming up pretty soon? Maybe tell us a little bit more about um, that transition to, to the to the high school. Yeah, so at the end of this year is the planned moving date. Um, and so that's really, I mean, it's hard to see beyond that horizon right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I get some glimpses from here and there. Um, we've been in a building project since like 2009, Um so it's been a long process for our church. And so there's definitely a lot of um, excitement and stress of let's just get on the move here. Um, you know, that the new building has a lot of opportunities to be involved in the community in some unique ways with the space that's already there that we're renovating. Um, you know, we'll have a full uh, 10,000 square foot gym that has bleachers in it, which will be unique in terms of some things we can host people there for and and uh, just 
just be further integrated into the community, maybe in ways we haven't been before. And mm-hmm. so hopefully the community gets to know us a little bit better um, and gets to trust us a little bit more that we're a safe place. Um, and that the long-term fruit is that people say, man, if I, if I can in, um, see that this place is, you know, church isn't scary, then, then maybe I'll be willing to, to come and listen to other things that they have to say. Cause, cause they, uh, they want to, they just want to open their doors to us. So, um, so hopefully, you know, we've talked about a community garden up in that space and, and um, some ministry tenant spaces there in which we have some different ministries that are based here in town, which we give them some much cheaper um, rental property or rental space that they can house their ministry. And, and we compare together in some things. And, um, and so there's a lot of neat, uh, neat things possible in the building, but uh, um, you know, the, all of those things come with their own difficulties in terms of time and energy. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can't do everything. Um, that's always the, the hardest part of ministry is trying to figure out what's best rather than what's good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, um, and so we're still trying to wade through that because if we're going to go new directions in some areas, that means we're probably going to have to take resources away from other areas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's always hard. Um, yeah. And, uh, but our congregation, we've been willing, we've had some good, good discussions about that so far. And, and so there's generally a positive sense of, you're right, you know, if this is, there might be some things we have to change um, for the sake of doing something greater. Um, but uh, as long as we're doing it for the right reasons, we get on board. So, um, so lots of communication, lots of talking through these things. Um, but ultimately, I think it'll be, uh, it'll be something that makes, um, makes our church stronger. Um, and that God, you know, one thing I've, I've found throughout this process is that, you know, God has a way of telling you you need to change uh, by presenting obstacles in which you can't do things the same way to continue forward. And, uh, and that's kind of a, a kind of a glaring sign of, yep, now it's time. It, this, this option is not going to work anymore. And if you continue to try to do this, chaos is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you better change or you're just going to, continue hitting your head against this wall that I've put up. So yeah. um, it's happened uh, a little bit through the twist and turns of the building process and budget stuff and these kind of things. So, um, and so I think God's going to just continue to do that. He's going to put up some brick walls in certain places and in other places we'll see fruit that we didn't expect. Um, yeah. So, um, so it's, I mean, it's a big next, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. definitely ready. I'm ready for us to, cause ever since, I mean, I've been in a building, you know, since I started full-time pastoral ministry uh, four years ago, I have not known what it's not what it's like to not be in a building project. Right. Um, and so I'm excited to see what that looks like, <laughs> where I can devote more energy to different areas. Yeah. Um, so. All right. Well, and I hope that didn't come off sad or depressing. Like I'm not. I'm not. No. Disappointed that we're in this, but. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's good. But, I mean, uh, it's 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 been a it's been a, a long road, and and you've been you know, really involved in that transition process of, of getting the congregation from where they currently have been worshiping mm-hmm. to, to the new space. And so, yeah, it would be interesting mm-hmm. to, as a minister, to see, you know, what other areas can you focus on. Well, it's been great talking with uh, Pastor Sean Doherty. If our listeners had questions about your ministry, how could they reach you? Do you have a website, an email, um, that sort of thing? Yeah, carneyfb.org is the, the church's website. Um, uh, you know, we're active on Facebook, um, but, uh, 
you know, my email address is Pastor Sean, and that's spelled the right way, which is S E A N, like Sean Connery. Um, and that's Pastor Sean at CarneyFB.org. Um, you know, on, I mean, I'm on Facebook. You know, if you can learn to spell my last name, uh, you know, D O U G H E R T Y, I'll say it really quickly. Um, but uh, most people will not be able to find me because my last name is too difficult to spell. So, um, but, but yeah, Carney First Baptist is is uh, on Facebook and carneyfb.org is the website that we we do things through. You know, I, on Wednesdays at lunch, we do something called The Lunch, which um, I do a podcast with that we put on our iTunes page as well. And that's probably, you know, we go, sh- it's the purpose is to equip people um, in the workplace. And so we, we dive through difficult questions. Um, they're reading through the, the entire Bible right now, three chapters a day, five on Sunday. And I'm answering questions um, there. And then I do a podcast after that that kind of recaps the conversation that we had at lunch. So uh, that's been uh, fruitful. And you, know, you can find us at Good Talk, Good Food on Facebook. So, um, I like that. so those are some different ways. That's great. Well, thanks for your time and your willingness to speak with me today. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, I always enjoy listening and hearing, hearing myself speak. So, um. <laughs> You are a pastor, sir. <laughs> all right well thanks i appreciate it yeah thanks for asking greg thank you for listening to mission in five the podcast come back next time when we will be speaking with reverend dr bill shill president of northern seminary who will share about the many ways that the local church and the seminary are deeply connected partners in ministry check out the show notes for links to first baptist church carney contact information for the church the good talk and good food podcast and also contact information for pastor sean while there you will also find links for the various events going on within american baptist churches of nebraska subscribe to the podcast at podbean itunes and google play while there be sure to rate and review us so we know if you are enjoying the podcast send us ideas on who you'd like to interview for future episodes and feel free to support us by giving through the paypal link on our abcnebraska.com website thanks everybody have a great day